all the right notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the right notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the right notes available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the right notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. You want the best, you got the best. The best little wrestling podcast in the business. All episodes on www.stspod.club. Do you enjoy all the shows here on stspod.club? Well, cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. Do you not have the app? Download it and get $5 by using the code dollar sign btsts that's dollar sign btsts This is a very special episode of the Record Store. Uh, as you can see, if you're watching us, you can see my partner in crime over there, BT. Uh, Brian Tremelli, I think, is what we call him. That is Tremelli, yeah. That is the insider <laughs> term. So this is a very special episode. It is a TRS-CKC crossover. This is almost like when Marvel took on DC, you know, or Muhammad Ali versus Spider-Man or uh, those great comics when we were kids. So <laughs> this is the 51st. It's a milestone. 51st episode of TRS. So very proud of that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, the 147th. I know you always talk about how you can't believe it, but 147th episode of Cool Kids Countdown. So this of course, we were brought in by the Ramen Cashews. That was our opening house band. I love that band. Yeah, you know, I told you this. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I did tell oh, you. Man. I seen them at uh, at the New Daisy in Memphis, and I believe it was 92 or 93. Just yeah. freaking I mean, awesome. awesome. Feel free to interrupt. If you're crowing about the Ramen Cashews, you can always interrupt me on that. Oh. And, uh, in fact, I was going to say, I, I got into the ramen cashews because of Memphis in May. I remember hearing them on a couple of episodes last year on Memphis in May. So you're right. I, it was a great band. Awesome, so, great awesome, find awesome. By you. so thanks to them for our opening music. So for a very special episode, we should have done it at number 50, but whatever. Numbers didn't work out. We compiled our top 10 albums of all time. And so I knew going into this, you know, this wasn't going to be like a regular CKC where we have, you know, five, six, maybe that cross over. I didn't think we'd have any, and sure enough, we didn't have any. So we had 10. We each came up with 10, and we have some honorables. A couple of ours appear on the other's honorables, but in as far as our 1 through 10, nothing. So 
there's no correct way to come up with your top 10 list. There's, or I should say there's no incorrect way. So I wanted to hear how you created yours. Um, give me yours first. All right, here's, here's what I did. Well, I, I just, and, and I had forgot one, which was kind of funny when you sent your honorable mentions, I was like, Oh my God. And then I told you, I texted you and I said that that was really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, I started writing down songs first and just the songs that I like grew up to mm-hmm. with and that, and then I started to remember the albums, the ones that I listened, and this is, is the ones I did that I listened to over and over and over. And this is kind of the, if I was going to pick 10 albums and I was going to buy a record player, mm-hmm. uh, this would be my 10 albums that I picked that I could have as albums and listen to all the time. Uh, they each have, and I, I got something at halftime I want to talk about, but they each have a little something reason why. And we mm-hmm. talk, we'll tell a fun fact about the album. Why did we pick it in a favorite song to on every one of these? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's after going through all of them, I think the best thing you can say is the reason I picked these 10 is because I listened to them the most. And when you get down to, and you'll probably say this too, when you get down to five, four, three, two, one, it's not like five's better than one and right. vice versa. It's just yeah. like I had to put put them in position. So yeah, I think the the ten, the ten, and some of the honorable mentions is is there, uh, and we'll, we'll do that on the Patreon. But but it was just like uh, you know the t- the five we do before commercial break was kind of harder than it was the top five. You know, mm-hmm. even though I'd forgot one. So yeah, I mean, you can say it's interchangeable. I know, like we and we've done this on CKC, where you know your top two, three, maybe four are interchangeable. Like they're all that evenly bunched at the top. Right, so, right, so, right, right. So I took a different approach because it different. I mean, hard to put together this list because I have thousands of albums and I just there's so many things that I like. So what I did was I picked literally my top 10 bands of all time, bands or performers of all time, and then picked my favorite album from each of them and just literally ranked them in order from my favorite band, second favorite band, and so on. So again, there's no right or wrong way to do this, but that for that for me, that made it easier. Like I know who my favorite Man, band is. So let that might have been it might have been easier if I would have done it that way. But yeah, I mean, like I said, but it's yeah, crazy. there's no wrong way to do yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. um, but my list is definitely fluid. Like if you ask me my favorite album by a certain band tomorrow, it's gonna be a different album in some cases because it just the day I made the list, those were the ten albums that made the list. So right, anyway, right, right. picking very difficult. And again, interesting that we didn't have any overlap between our top ten. So what we did was um We've got 10A and 10B. You're going to be the A's on each one, so you're going to go first. I'm going to be the B's. So we're going to get started. Yeah, we're going to do this a little bit different than the Cool Kids Countdowns we usually do. We're both going to have a 10. We're both going to have an 8 and so forth. And we stole this from what is – I stole this from a format of a music podcast. I want you to give them a shout-out. What was the name of that podcast? Oh, it was Playlist Wars. Playlist Wars. There you go. Yeah. Shout out to Playlist Which, Wars. That's where we stowed this from. They I haven't stowed done, it from. They haven't done an episode in a, about a year, but still that's okay. fun. Yeah, that yeah. show's really fun. And you yeah. did an episode I with did, them. Actually, I did two. I did uh, my our favorite uh, Tom Petty songs. Right. We right. did uh, Fleetwood Mac. So, yep, yeah, yeah. I so remember. I listened to both those, and I think it was funny that. Uh, uh, I was trying to think of a different way to do this. I was like, and I sent it to you. I was go. I thought. 
I was thinking yeah, it was you, no, but right. hell, I listen yeah, to no, so much right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, my all right. first one. My first one is yep. uh, Blizzard of Oz by Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. Uh, released in 1981. I'm going to say the dates for a reason. Uh, the fun fact is this, that the band, I thought this was really neat. I just found this out. The band thought that the album was going to come out and it was going to be by Blizzard of Oz. Mm. They thought that was going to be the name of the band. Mm. And Ozzy changed it to just Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. And it also features uh, Randy Rose, who was a legend, died very young. Um, why did I pick it? It was one of those albums I listened to, like I said, over and over. But it sh when it came out in 81, Ozzy was on the road. Uh, they recorded that album and Diary of a Madman together. Mm -hmm. And he was on the road. And then he kind of like, it was one tour for the other tour, you know, there was right together kind of thing. And he was in Memphis, but we used to listen and I cannot remember. I wanted to say Cottonwood picture show or something, but that maybe that's not the name of it, but there was a live uh, concert show on the radio that I listened to every, I think it was Friday night and they had Ozzy from Memphis and, and he played all these live, and it was awesome. But the funny thing about everything is when they interviewed Ozzy, he was just so out of it. Yeah, and yeah. him talking in a British accent. Right. And we never understood a word he said, and we made all kinds. Of, and this was, like I said, 81, 82 when they did that. My favorite song, and, and if you've heard anything on the radio from this, is Crazy Train. So yeah. there we go. You know, here's a fun fact. Ozzy once told me that he couldn't understand your accent. <laughs> so, all right. So my con my my take on this was I was honestly never a huge fan of Ozzy. He was okay. He was there. Um, I know he to me, he was just a metal guy, just another metal singer, but yet I know he's legendary. I know there's people yeah, that idolize in Ozzy. That, so yeah, that I, I get the pick. Um, but to me, just just I know, and I mean, this will be sinful to some metal fans, but to me, just another metal guy. So, but yeah. I get, the, I get it. So, before I get to my ten, um, we should have people tweet us or x us. I'm sorry, on tally up. You know what albums are in your top ten? Who has the right, better? Right, list? right, you know, Any of these? Vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vote and say. I'm just curious to see who has the better list. So, all right, my ten B is twenty one twelve by Rush. Um, one of the great concept albums of all time. Um, I love the way Getty Lee, Neil Peart, or Peart, if you say it that way, and Alex Leifson were just masters of their instruments, as well as the voice. Getty Lee is on my Mount Rushmore. Um, three of my singing, my rock singing Mount Rushmores are on this list tonight. Uh, my fun fact about Rush is that the original drummer was named John Rutsey. He appeared on one album, the very first album, which was the album that had Working Man on it. And then Neil Peart joined and the rest is history. They became legends from there. Um, for me on 2112, my favorite song is 2112 itself, which is the whole thing is just a masterpiece. It's basically the whole entire album side. Um, it was just a masterful production. Just always a big fan of Rush, and 2112 is the epitome of Rush. I have nothing to say about Rush. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so you know uh the old saying if you ain't got anything good to say don't, don't say, it say at anything all. at all so, no I'll but admit. i do want to wait i do want to shout out my buddy lloyd uh lloyd rory was uh one of my best friends in high school still one of my good friends huge rush fan huge huge rush fan he there's no telling how many times he's seen them live so shout out to lloyd i'm gonna shout out some of my 
my uh, high school and my college buddies for some of this musical is too. And, and I know one of the things that what you're hinting at is the how polarizing Getty Lee's voice is. I know people love Getty Lee, like myself, and I know people hate Getty Lee's voice. I think so it's a love hate with think, him. I it, think that's it really part of is. it why you're saying if I got nothing good to say, I'm not going to well, say I'll anything at all. Maybe so I one get song it. I've never listened to a whole album. So, and I go with that. You know, Lance, how I am, even yeah. with wrestling or whatever. If I've never listened to it, I can't say, oh, that that album sucks because right. I think that's stupid when people do that. So, so all right, at 9A is your next pick, which is Scarecrow by John Cougar Mellencamp. Or is it this just was John, John Mellencamp? This was John just Mellencamp. John Mellencamp. Okay. 1985 release. Uh, the band spent a whole month. This is my fun fact about this album. They spent a whole month in the studio. And instead of rehearsing, they were rehearsing, but instead of doing it for the album, actual songs from the album, they were just uh, playing old rock and roll songs. Uh, they were trying to get a feel uh, so that they would have kind of a new sound. And when I saw Mellencamp in Memphis for the second time, he was on this tour and he did about 20 minutes of Elvis when he first opened, and it was really neat. Uh, I picked it because, as I said, I played it many times. Uh, I felt like it was, you know, at the time, it was the best thing he had ever done. The writing was so good. He was becoming he was becoming a, a rock star, plus he was doing all kinds of this stuff where he was just being a, a good guy kind of thing. A uh, huge Mellicap fan uh, for a long time. And my favorite song, and it's because uh, it's small town, because I felt that song so much because, I mean, the town I grew up in was 2,200 people, <laughs> and you knew everybody, you knew everything, and that was, I mean, that was the, you know, that was the song for us. I know it's the wrong album and the wrong song, but Sucking on Chili Dogs, there we go. Yeah. Um so I will say I was a big fan of Mellencamp, uh, loved him. I think this was one of his best albums at the apex of his career. Um, I preferred his earlier, like more commercially kind of stuff. Cause like you kind of referenced, he kind of got very serious and very socially active and he became a lot less fun. I thought later on in his career, uh, a lot more Bob Dylan-y and I'm not a Bob Dylan fan. So I thought on this album, I thought rain, rain on the scarecrow is my favorite song on here. Good uh, but song, there were good four huge hits on this album. So I think this was a really great pick for you. This was a really good under the radar pick that not, you're not going to see him commonly on people's top 10 list. So I think this was a really good, like under the radar pick for you. So. And that was, you know, the, the thing about it was, it was when I was a junior and senior in high school, he was just so huge at the mm -hmm. time. And we were, we were such big fans. We had went to see him and then I got a chance to go see him again. Mm -hmm. uh, someone had a free ticket and said, Hey, you want to go? It was funny. Let me tell you a story. John Mellicount, the second time I seen him, it was, um, and I have to say this so that, that we'll understand the joke or the funny thing about it was there's a guy by the name of Maurice Carter, shout out to Maurice, who offered a ticket to go see John Mellencamp. And Maurice was a black guy. And we rode to Memphis and went into the concert. And guess how many black people were at the concert? One. Maurice yep. Carter. <laughs> yeah. I know people who are watching didn't see that, but I put up one finger because I knew from. But yeah, and it just—he was a huge fan of Mellencamp's yeah. and all kinds of music. He was huge into music, uh, so it was fun to be at a concert with him. Very fun good, time. Good deal. That's Mellencamp. I'm jealous. Mellencamp's one of the few on my list that I haven't seen. So, um, all right, my nine B 
is The Cars, the debut album by The Cars. So it is the 1978 debut, one of two debut albums I have on my list. So I've been lucky enough to see The Cars. I saw them in the late 80s, 88, 89, whenever it was, with Rick Ocasek and Benjamin Orr before they both untimely passed away. Um, one takeaway that I can talk about from the concert was it was the coldest show I'd ever seen in terms of like no banter on stage, just very mechanical, very robotic. But their sound defined the 80s, defined new wave to me. Um, I loved Benjamin Orr's voice. I loved Rick Ocasek's voice, although they were very similar and hard to tell apart. Kind of a quirkier version of the same type of voice. Um, every song on this album was a hit. Every song was a radio staple on this album. Um, you forget how many hits the Cars had, and half of them were on this album. So classic three to four minute pop songs, pop rock songs here. Fun fact was, did you know that in 2005, Todd Rundgren reformed the Cars with a couple members of the Cars, redid their greatest hits, and they called it the new Cars. And so it was excellent. It was literally Todd Rundgren and his band with a couple members of the Cars. So fantastic stuff. On this album, on the Cars debut album, my favorite song, this was tough to pick, but I said, you're all I've got tonight which was ironically great song, great a Rick song. Ocasek song when I prefer Benjamin Orr's vocals, but this was a Rick song. So yeah, you're all I've got tonight. So I got the cars at number nine. I, I'm not, I'm not a cars hater, but it wasn't one of those bands that I listen to all the time, but that's a great song. Good pick though. That was kind of, to me, kind of under the radar when yeah. it comes to the cars. So yeah. So, all right. Number eight for you is Golden Platinum. It is Leonard Skinner. And, and I'm going to tell you, and I, we had talked about some before we got on, but uh, I got, uh, spoiler alert, I got two greatest hits in here. And the reason why is that was how I was introduced to the bands mm -hmm. uh, was the greatest hits. This Leonard Skinner was given to me by my uh, by my cousin, Steve Jackson. He introduced me to Leonard Skinner, and, and it was the Golden Platinum. And it was after, you know, after the crash, after they died, uh, kind of greatest hits. And I didn't get into them until after all the first albums were released. Uh, so it had, a, you know, tons of the uh, of the songs on and which is kind of funny. It also had a live version of Freebird. And that was a fun fact for me because it was live. And I thought that's the only way they ever recorded Freebird. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's on some of those first albums. Uh, in Columbia House, uh, they, Columbia House actually had this as one of their top, you, where you could order it all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. it, I remember the cover, and it took me a, a, a while because I kept typing greatest hits, but it was gold and platinum. Uh, why did I pick it? I listened to it all the time. I absolutely loved it. I had it on 8-track. It's not the only one on wow. this that I had on 8-track, wow. but I had it on 8-track. Uh, and it is, if you are, if you grew up during that time in the South, it really, Leonard Skinner was the band. They really were, and they was one of those bands that, that helped me get started listening to music uh, and, and hanging out with my cousin. So, mm -hmm. My favorite song is Simple Man, and I can still listen to it over and over, even today. So I, I think there's probably, like you said, there's kind of a geographic thing here with them, with you, because there's a band coming up towards my top, actually, that I think is for geographic reasons they're on here. Um, many hits, of course, um, on this album, but I, as I told you before, I'm strongly against using a Greatest Hits album here, and I get <laughs> what you just said. 
I get it because this was your gateway to get into that band. Yeah, so yeah, I, well, I understand. It always went to it. Yeah, yeah, but I I look at putting a greatest hits album on a top ten list as cheating because you're basically compiling all of their best songs. I didn't remember it's uh, the way we chose them wasn't wrong. It only yeah, yeah. chose mine exactly. because I I had played it uh, more. No. Something funny too that I I re- I knew this, but after I was doing a little research, is that I have never listened to and my buddy Lloyd has, but I've never listened to their albums before this greatest hits. So I've never went back and listened to the full album of those. So it will be interesting. I mean, here we we got, you know, three or four albums there. I could go back and listen to (laughs) that. I've never heard. So, yeah. I a lot of good songs from them. They were just kind of an act that was there for me. If I turned on classic radio today and they played free bird or they played, you know, whatever, give me my money or whatever the songs I'd be okay with them. I don't turn it off. Let's put it that way. And, and it just sounds like they're just another part of the the tapestry of what is classic rock radio for me. So I, I just, like I said, philosophically, I disagree with you on the, on the top 10 or on the, um, the greatest hits thing. I got but, another, I got a quick, I, uh, go ahead. I know you got another one coming up. So all no, right, I my, got a quick oh, Leonard Skinner story with, right. uh, with rock one Oh three was our classic rock. It wasn't classic rock. Then it was, it was classic rock, but, uh, I guess it'd be real classic now if it was still there, but it was rock one Oh three. It was the rock and walrus. It was the top station we listened to all the time. And they had a soundbite, a legit soundbite. Some guy called in and said, would you play Freebird for my cousin Bubba? He just got out of jail. And that is one of the, it's one of the greatest sound bites ever. He yeah. just got out of jail. But yeah, I thought it was funny that I thought Freebird was live all the time, but it was only live right. on here and a couple of other songs. So yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right. So my eight B is songs from the big chair by tears for fears. <laughs> um, a kind of a bookend band with the cars, the, the tears for fears being a bookend with that in terms of similar styles and similar type of music, the production on tears for fears music is just so clean and so crisp, even live seeing them. Everything is just so clean, but the records are all just so well recorded. So well put together. Um, tears for fears is basically Roland Orzabal and Kurt Smith, main two guys, only seven albums. Their entire catalog is only seven albums. And Ironically, two of them are without Kurt Smith. So what that tells me is that Roland Orzabal is really the brains of the operation because those two albums were really good too. Um, songs from the Big Chair was their second album, came out in 1985. Six out of eight songs were released as singles. So that's an amazing batting average for them that six out of eight songs were released as singles. My favorite on here was Head Over Heels. Um, Shout was a huge hit. Everybody Wants to Rule the World, both enormous hits on this album. But Head Over Heels was my favorite. And here's the fun fact on the songs from the big chair tour. Um, they were in Kansas city. They went into a bar in Kansas city at their hotel. They met a young lady by the name of Olita Adams singing in the hotel. Uh, they hit it off with her and they went on to record woman in chains with her for their next album, which was the seeds of love. One of literally my favorite songs of all time is woman in chains. So I thought that was such a cool story that that's how they met. And then they took her under their wing and she actually had a career after that incident. So songs from the big chair, fantastic album, number eight for me. Uh, Everybody wants to rule the world was one of those songs, uh, much like uh, 
there's I got a few of those, a B fifty two song, the rhythmic song that I was not fans of growing up or when they came out. And then as I got older, all of a sudden I love that song. Everybody wants to rule the world. And it's just one of those songs that you, that it reminds me what you said is when you listen to radio and it comes on, you're gonna listen to it. But yeah. it's it, they never was a band that that I would buy. I would I never bought uh, you know, an album or anything from them. And Lance I, you know, you, you give me hell about misspelling something. So I was Uh-oh. just going to let this go by and Uh-oh. I've got to get you on this one. <laughs> you listed this as songs from the bug chair. Oh, so songs from the bug chair. Stupid spell check. <laughs> so, all right. Moving on from my one typo. Uh, <sighs> your next, your that I failed. So yeah, yeah. yeah and I never see typos. You know, I told you my little right. defect I have. So, <laughs> so your seven A is Eagles Greatest Hits Volume One. So go for it. It was a, another reason why, as I was introduced by this, my my mother played this uh, album a lot. Big Eagles fan, and mm-hmm. I I actually have never listened to the albums before this. Not a lot of the ho- complete albums after this. Uh, even Hotel California, it was that song kind of thing and a few mm-hmm. songs off of that album. But this was one thing that I went back to over and over. Uh, an A-track tape, by the way. Uh, and uh, But I think it's just it's loaded with songs, and, and it is cheating, but it was one of those. Another one of those were I didn't listen to the whole albums at that point in my musical listening to all I was doing was just listening to, to songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out in 76, but I don't think I started listening to it probably till 79 or 80. Uh, fun fact, the front cover of the greatest hits has an Eagle skull on it. And I never knew what the hell that was. Uh, and like I said, uh, I picked it because I listened to it a lot. A track, my mom listened to it. Uh, and, uh, and I listened to probably listened to hotel California more than any of these songs, mm-hmm. but it came after these, my favorite song from all of the hits is Desperado. Okay. Um, so I, I, again, I'm not going to say anything about the cheating. Uh, what's interesting here is that this album is in the top 10 sales of all time. So, oh, this, wow. you know, you hear about this, you hear about rumors, you hear about thriller, um, but these of uh, uh, back in black, these are always mentioned in your top selling albums of all time. Eagles greatest hits for whatever reason, that's still in the top 10. And I promise you, we did not plan this. This was the one thing about our list that kind of made was interesting to see. My seven is the long run by the Eagles. So just complete coincidence that we both had the Eagles at number seven. I went with the studio. Album. Um, it was a coin flip. You mentioned hotel California coin flip for me between Hotel California in the long run, which was the next, the follow-up to Hotel California. Um, the Eagles, two magnificent singers, Don Henley and Glenn Fry. Then you had Timothy B. Schmidt and Joe Walsh. I'm like, that's just too much fucking talent. Oh, for just one so, band. Much talent. So, so much, much talent. talent. Unfair. <laughs> just unfair. So um, I have not seen the Eagles. One of my big regrets, but they I are have coming not, in the yeah, spring. Me too. They're coming in the spring, so I'm going to get to see at least what is remaining of the Eagles at that point in March. I've seen Don Henley in concert a couple times. Very just excellent show. Um, I think the Eagles saying this is their final tour is basically the Terry Funk retirement <laughs> speech at this point because the Eagles. If have you're a wrestling fan, you'll get that one. So yeah. there you go. The Eagles have retired and stopped touring numerous times. So this came out, Long Run was 1979, had three big hit singles. Um, for me, 
the number one song, a little bit under the radar. And if you hear it, you'll know what song I'm talking about. It's called King of Hollywood. It's about a sleazy Hollywood producer. Um, it is basically the Harvey Weinstein story, but it was recorded like 20 years ago before or 20 years before Harvey, Harvey Weinstein's name got out there. But it is completely describing that guy's story. Um, fun fact about the long run, the, or about the Eagles, rather. They formed in 1971, and you mentioned Desperado. They were not. They were formed to be Linda Ronstadt's backing band. So I knew they, that. Yeah, they yeah. They were just the backing band for Linda Ronstadt. And also, the other fun fact I got, too, that catalog of the Eagles, seven albums. That's, that's all. Just scary, that's it. it? Amazing that they had that many hits and that much notoriety. Literally seven albums those guys put out. It's crazy. Just Very crazy. Much so. Uh, right. so talented. So Long Run's a great album. I, you know, no, no uh, crapping on that album. The, yeah. the voice is the, I don't know. It's it, and I think it, it it not only represents the seventies and that time. Uh, it, it just even if they go on tour now, they're going. They're kind of like the Rolling Stones and people mm -hmm. like that. It's just it just don't you know it don't change. Everyone likes the Eagles, so. Mm -hmm. So, and then we go to your next pick. Your number six A is Stranger in Town, Bob Seger, and the Silver Bullet Band. You just put Bob Seger, so I had to add. I did. I yeah, I had the Silver Bullet Band, which it. I've got a fun fact about the Silver Bullet Band. Bob Seger was a, was a guy, and the reason I picked it was also my cousin Steve uh, turned me on to this group. Uh, I remember listening to all a lot of albums going, you know, back to back, each song. But e I loved each song on this album. Uh, and, and what I did was it also, you always talk about this, but this, and one of the albums later on is that, um, it had the lyrics in it. Mm. And so I think I really, really, um, really, really got into this album, not because I liked his voice and everything, but it's because it had all the lyrics and I could read everything against the winds. Another really good album by mm -hmm. uh, Bob Seger, but this is my favorite. The fun fact is the Silver Bullet Band actually only played on half of these songs. So you had half mm. of them, and you had the uh, Muscle Shows rhythm section who played on a bunch of albums, uh, but they played the other half of the song. So kind of fun. Um, one of the hits, or everyone's heard, We've Got Tonight. It was remade, a country version of it. It's a great song. Uh, but the opening song of this album is called Hollywood Nights, mm -hmm. and I just – I love yeah. that song. Always Great. have. And yep. Just awesome, awesome song. So for me, Bob Seger is kind of, you know, he's one of those guys that you don't really realize how much you liked him and how good he was until you start looking at all the singles. That oh, you know man, by that yeah. guy. I'm like, holy shit, I totally forgot that he had that many great songs. I don't <laughs> have this album. Um, he doesn't bother me. He's there. Again, he's kind of the tapestry of, of classic rock radio. But for me, this album had five big hits on it. Uh, but for me, I was looking at the different albums. The Distance was the one that I picked out. If I was going to really pick good a Bob album. Seger yeah, album, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was stronger. Even Now, Shame on the Moon, and Roll Me Away were such fantastic songs. So I can see Bob Seger, again, like your John Mellencamp pick. I can see him getting in there. Um, 18 albums. I looked that up, too. He had 18 albums so far. Um, and He's still alive. Hey, so somebody I did might, get to see get live. More. Yes, I would love to see him live. I haven't got a chance to see it. I always told myself that would be one of the bands I would go see. Yeah. Uh, and he's got some live albums, too, that are just 
Yeah. Fabulous. I mean, nice just pick. so good I, for you. I like the way you're finding some under the radar stuff that isn't yeah, yeah. on everybody's list. So, all right, wrapping up our top six is my 6B, which is The Pretenders, my other debut album pick. So, The Pretenders' first album. Chrissy Hind is my female rock and roll hero. She's a badass chick. She takes no shit. Um, and plus, I've always, and if you've a longtime listener of TRS, I have a soft spot for bands that are all dudes with a female front person, like Heart. Fleetwood Mac, Pretenders, I could go on and on. So I just, I love that. They lost two members originally, the two of the original members due to drugs right away. And Chrissy Hind has still been going and still been soldiering on as the Pretenders all this time since then. Um, rock chick, but she can also melt you with the beautiful vocals, like the ballads, I'll Stand By You, 2,000 Miles. On the front cover of the Pretenders, her in the red leather jacket is just an iconic album cover. Like that is one of my favorite album covers of all time, just because she looks so badass in there. Uh, favorite song on this one is Mystery Achievement. It's just a simple pick for me, a rocking, just a pulsing rocking song. Um, and my fun fact is I love Chrissy Hind, but man, that Bob Dylan covers album she did was a rough go for me. I, I not a and funny thing is I like that. That was a funny thing. I remember you had, yeah. I had actually listened to it and after you had, uh, I uh, kind it of bashed it. and i was like because i'm i'm not in disagreement with you with bob dylan for the but for the songwriting yeah I, I really like his songwriting i've never been a fan of listening to him but if someone else is singing his yeah, music, right, exactly, exactly. uh i'm good i'm good with it and i think he's very talented when it comes i never have bought a pretenders album so there you go i never was yes. into the female singer there's only very mm -hmm. few female rockers or female singers i was into yep. uh one was when i was young and you mentioned her was linda ronstadt really talented yeah uh in sure. in in of the country music that i've listened to there's a few female singers that i i've seen live believe it or not trisha yearwood uh gar's wife and and just uh, a huge fan of hers all right well i'm gonna let you say what time is it lance it is gonna it's finna be halftime we're gonna take a commercial break and we're gonna come back with halftime with our top five after this I want to stop the episode right here and talk about one of our new sponsors, Bear. B-A-R-E, period. That's right. Their tagline is eat better, live better. And I'm speaking from experience here. That's right. The better things you put in your body, the better you feel. These guys are the best meal prep company in Northeast Arkansas because, well, <laughs> They prep all my meals, and they don't put any of those artificial flavorings or seasonings in their food. It's just the bare ingredients. You see what I did there? Here's how it works. You choose the meals you want in your desired pickup location from their easy-to-use website. Your meals are ready Monday morning and available for pickup based on the hours of the location. They have seven locations right here in Jonesboro, two in Paragool and one in Brooklyn. Go to bear870.com and place your order today. So here's what I want you to do. Get 15% off with our code STSPODCLUB at bear870.com. That's 15% off and use our code STSPODCLUB. Trust Bear for your meal prep needs in Northeast Arkansas. 
eat better, live better. Fair. This episode is also brought to you by SpunkLube.com. Remember when you're getting funky like a monkey, if you know what I mean, use Spunky. That's right. Go to www.spunkloop.com and tell them STS Pod sent you. Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the right notes available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the right notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. Our Uber Eats code Eats Dash Brian T two four seven nine O U E. That's Eat Dash Brian T two four seven nine zero U E. Use that code and get twenty dollars off a twenty five dollar order. Are you enjoying the episode? Well, cash app us. That's right. Dollar sign B T S T S. You don't have Cash App? Download it and get $5. That's right, $5. That's dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. Dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. Cup of coffee in the big time. Oh, yeah. Cup of coffee in the big time. ArizonaBayCoffee.com. Go to that website and buy a big bag of morning shiznit. STSPod.club. The link of all links. Oh, yeah. Cup of coffee in the big time. Oh, yeah. STSPod.club. It's a wrestling podcast. Oh, yeah, brother. halftime with the record store i'm his guest uh this week and but i want to say a couple things number one this is the last uh of i want to rocktober this last episode uh this monday here today uh also there was two things i i thought of when i went through all of these albums 
uh, we both of us, and, and I, I'll let you explain what mm. your what you think your reasoning is on it, uh, and whether I agree or not. Is if you look at the dates of all of these albums that were released in these groups, it's we never we never got past our graduation date. <laughs> the um, only album that's past you got your graduation coming up. You got yeah, is one, one coming up. That's it. Oh that's no, it. I, my number two. What did it say? What was your number? My two? number two is very recent. Your number two. Your number two. Yep. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So in rare a, cases, yeah, in rare yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really weird. That, and, and I I was listening to someone talking about this about all the stuff that we did as kids that that we you know it's not just a nostalgia part of it. It's just like we don't want to lose it. We don't want and yeah. we're like me and you. I, sometimes I look at the stuff that you review on the record store, like the effing monkeys, and, uh, and I'm going, why is he doing that? But then I start looking at my list, and I'm like, I didn't get out of the 80s. I think yeah. I went out of 85 once, and I, well, the one's the top five. A couple of them are out of the 80s. But why do you think that we just, that is, I mean, that's it. We, I can't, uh, you can't listen to rap music. I can't listen to, I can, but I can't listen to Taylor Swift. I can't yeah. listen to pop or, music right now. Yeah. I just not a fan. I mean, if you enjoy Taylor Swift, go for it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't it. walk across the street to say, <laughs> uh, but these albums was when I was growing up and yeah. really getting into, it. I think that's the key for me. Yeah. I think it's two things. Like you said, it's the, it's the soundtrack to those you know, wonderful days of our youth. It's the soundtrack to that. Shout out to John McAdam. Um, so it's the fond memories of those albums. And then it also kind of goes along with your reasoning for making your list altogether. You listen to these albums and myself too. We listened to them hundreds and hundreds of times uh, no until they became know. ingrained in our heads. And we knew every lyric of every song because we listened to them so many times. We don't have the luxury of doing that today we're adults we have you know kids and we have jobs and we have responsibilities believe me i wish i could listen to you know the latest release by whoever over and over again until i had it memorized the pretenders new album which i love um i'd probably listen to it maybe three or four times total but that first album probably hundreds of times before we got out of the 80s you know so i think it's that ingraining it in your head and loving those songs and having the luxury of being able to, we have too much media, whether it's TV, Maybe that's streaming, it. yeah, movies, I, don't, I don't know. I reading, just, uh, whatever we have too much going on right now that we didn't have in the seventies and eighties. You know, so I gravitate it. when it comes to new music, I gravitate to stuff you cannot understand most of the time, uh, just a heavy, or I gravitate to that, that, to that, uh, sound that was Bob Seger, Leonard mm -hmm. Skinner, kind of the, and it's Hootie. Now, uh, I, I love listening to him saying, uh, Hootie from the Blowfish. Uh, but you know, it's just that sound and it's considered country, but mm -hmm. back then it wasn't really country. Country's totally different now. It's yeah. almost pop, but, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I like what you're saying. I really do. Something you've asked many times on the record store that I have an answer for every time that you ask it. And I'm going to give you the answer right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you say, are they still the band? Are they still the band, even though they only have maybe one yeah. member? Uh, I say yes. And the reason why I look at it like that is I look at the bands 
almost, you know, if they sound, if they can play the song, Leonard Skinner is a perfect example. No, no original members. Uh, they sound just the same, blah, blah, blah. To me, they sound great. They're good. But I also think about this when it comes to a sports team. Like you, you know, your Dodgers are not the same Dodgers you grew up. They got new members, yeah. but they're yeah. still the Dodgers. But that's the yeah. way I look at it. I never have a problem with them getting a, a new guitarist. Even with Kiss changing members uh-huh. like they did, they were still Kiss to me, which uh, really going to be fun to see what Kiss does when they said they officially quit. But yeah. There may be four new members of Kiss yeah. hit the road they, to play the song. Yeah, so. they've teased that a lot, that they're yeah, just going to yeah. keep this going with four different guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Journey is the band that stands out to me uh, with what you just said, because in many cases with these bands, as long as you have the singer, you can replace the guitarist, the drummer. <laughs> but they don't even have the singer, and it sounds like him. <laughs> in most cases, you'll say, yeah, it's still uh, the Beach Boys because they still have Mike Love or whatever. But with Journey, they have maybe one or two original guys or early on guys. And then that singer, that Arnell Pineda, sounds just like Steve Perry. And they're still calling themselves Journey. So that's an interesting one. But I, you know, I go back and forth on the subject. It's not, you know, as important. I know, but you ask it a lot. So it was one of those things. And yeah. my third little point for halftime is I got you a personal question. So Lance, it's, just, it's just me and you here, okay? Right. No Nobody's one else listening. is listening. All right. Private. What if any of these top 10 albums have you had sex while listening to? Oh, my number one for sure. Coming up. <laughs> multiple times, multiple times. Multiple I, would with, uh, I would go with uh, Bob Seger and uh, Stranger <laughs> Town. We, we've got tonight. I, I think that happened. Uh, we, we are talking with sex with other people. Okay. Everyone knows. This Let is- everybody know that. Show is not for the kiddos. That's right. Here we go. That was halftime, folks. Halftime. <laughs> All right. We are back. And that was, uh, what were they? Ramen Cashews. That was our. That's uh, Ramen Cashews. Right. Yeah. Again. Ramen Cashews straight from Memphis. So we're back for our top five, your top five, my top five on the record store, our great crossover Marvel versus DC edition. So we're at number five, a, which is your pick. And it is alive. Ironically, it's alive by kiss. 1975. It was released. I didn't get the album until, and and it's really weird. I can tell you when I got the album, uh, in October of 1976, because as I turned on the television, I watched, the uh the special the october halloween special uh paul lynn halloween special and they had oh, kiss god. on it and i said oh my god who are these You're people like- <laughs> uh and i loved them i just yeah. they were everything that i liked about uh kind of kind of like just in my face with the makeup the everything absolutely loved it uh and went to kmart the next weekend and actually bought this album alive. A fun fact, and I found out many years later about this, is that Kiss and their other bands do this, and I never knew it. They would they went into the studio after this album and recorded over the live tracks so that they would be clear and you could hear them better. Uh 
it just this is not my favorite Kiss album, but it had to be one of my my uh, top albums because it was my first album. Uh, introduced me to buying albums, and you know later on Columbia House, <laughs> where I bought eight tracks and cassettes, and yep. under I want to tell you, Lance, I was B Trammel, I was Brian Trammel, I was W B Trammel. I was William Trammell. I was Glenda Trammell. I was Kenny Trammell. I was Hugh Trammell. Yeah, yeah. I was up. Uh, there you go. I never it, cheated him, though. I always bought what I was supposed to buy. So okay. there you go. There was a statute of limitations on that. That's fair for all of us. So, all right. I say on this pick, I say a big. Hold, absolute- on, hold on. Hold on. I'm not done yet. So, oh. Rock and Roll All Night is my favorite Kiss album. Kind of under radar on that one because a lot of people pick either Love Gun or Destroyer. Uh, my favorite song, and it's the live version of Cold Gen, just a freaking awesome song. So there we go. Um, this has a big seal of approval for me. I'm on board with this pick. They were a spectacle. Uh, every teen boy in the 70s loved Kiss. And it was, you know, it was the, the when you said, like you said, when you saw them on TV, you're like jaw dropped because you they're superheroes. They were superheroes yeah. in, in live and in person, and they were playing rock yeah. and roll. So there you I go. Was, Always a Paul Stanley guy. Were you Paul or Gene, Gene? Simmons? More Gene? Gene Simmons. I figured as much. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> seeing them live was a rite of passage. I got to see oh, them yeah, live. Yeah. Uh, it was my second concert, and I'll never forget. It was like I was like 16, 17, like you said, and it was like the biggest, most spectacular thing I'd ever seen at that age. So uh, I saw I, them with who did you? I saw them with Crocus. Do you remember Crocus? I do remember Crocus. I saw them with <laughs> Judas Priest, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And awesome, it is awesome. detailed in all the right notes. You should check that out. Yeah, um, awesome. But I salute um, Kiss's business acumen. I salute oh, yeah. the longevity for staying around as long as they have. Um, are they the Beatles? No, but what they did worked. Um, and it, they just, they always were on top of the world in terms of the finances. I don't know if anybody ever made more money in rock than Kiss did. Um, if you go back and look though, there's only so many albums that sold really good and to keep them still selling tickets yep. and being, and everybody knows who Kiss is. It's right. like you said, you got to pat them on the back. Yep. So, and the fact that this was a double album, I think back in that day when that came out, double albums were very rare. I thought that the fact that it sold so much and it was just rare that a double album was coming out. This was them at their most energetic, their most powerful. This was them at their height. Uh, my favorite song was Black Diamond. I love that. Great to this song. day, Great I song. think Black Diamond is one of my favorite songs. So, all right, that's your 5A. So, 5B for me, tough to top Abbey Road by the Beatles. Um, they have to be on the list out of respect. You know, is there, I always ask this, is there a Beatles song you don't know? Could they possibly play a song on the radio by the Beatles that you don't know? On this list, I was forced to pick one album. It's impossible to pick a Beatles album. But on this day, I happen to pick Abbey Road. Um, fun fact. Is there a fun fact to the, the Beatles? I mean, I feel like we know everything about them. Is Paul is dead. You know, Pete Best was the original drummer. But no, the fun fact for this, believe it or not, is when Abbey Road came out, it got mixed reviews. And I'm like, what critics in 1969 or whatever this came out, what critics are saying, eh, it's okay. You know, they thought it was inauthentic. They didn't like the special effects that were used on the album. That was some of the criticism of Abbey Road. Um, I ridiculous. So for you to want me to pick a favorite song, everything, you know, every song on this album, every song on this album is a classic, uh, but I'm going to cheat like you cheated. I'm going to cheat and say the side two medley 
It's 16 minutes long. It's got You Never Give Me Your Money, Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window, Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, and The End. Just magnificent work. Uh, a lot of tempo changes in there. Longtime listeners know I'm a big fan of that. So Abbey Road is my top pick for the Beatles at number five. I think the Beatles were the same as you said with uh, with Skinner and Bob Seger's. Like they were actually on the radio, but not something I went out and bought. Not that I didn't mm-hmm. like them. It's just it was just songs that I heard, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. This album is like you said, every song on it's good. It's it's nothing. I the weird thing is I've heard every song, but I've done. I cannot remember whether I, I know I didn't own it, but mm-hmm. I do know I sat down and listened to an album one night with, uh, with my buddy, Ronnie Forbes. And I, it was a Beatles album, but I cannot remember which one it was. I don't think it was this one, but every song's good. My favorite mm-hmm. song on this is come together, uh, which is really funny because I hate to admit this, but did not know the Beatles did this song until I heard the Aerosmith version. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I love their version too. So. so, all right, we get to number 4A, which is you. It is Nevermind by Nirvana, your most recent pick in terms of Yeah, music. well, it is it is my most recent pick, isn't it? Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. Yes, I it think, is. Yes, yeah. yes. No, most no, no. My number one is more recent than that. My number one. Oh, it is. You're right. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, they're never close. Mind. They're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six years apart, but yeah. And and I have a reason there for that one, too. Uh, so th- the fun fact was I found out that uh, Smell Like Teen Spirit, which I put down as the title of this album because that was a song that I remembered right. so much, it was played on a not really a popular uh it was kind of popular but what they did was they just played kind of bizarre songs or mm-hmm. songs that they liked it was called 120 minutes on MTV it was like the coolest and and they played it and all of a sudden everyone wanted to hear it uh and then i seen it on MTV and this was one of those bands, and I can't remember anyone else except maybe Kiss Effect to me when, when I saw them on television. But I was in college here in my last year, uh, my sixth year of college for a four-year degree. I had a, uh, a new roommate. His name is Shane Howe, and we were watching MTV, and this came out. And, and this is very well known that it killed hair metal. <laughs> Uh, Nirvana did. I was the whole thing. Alice in Chains, all the grunge bands. I loved all the grunge bands. Uh, this totally changed music and the way I listened to it. Uh, and I went that very day to Music Land in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and bought this CD. Uh, and it had a naked baby on it, which I yeah. felt kind of, um, uh, uncomfortable with. Felt dirty but, buying that yeah, album. Yeah, my favorite song is "Come As You Are," and, and if you've ever heard these guys play this acoustically, unplugged, this is just just one of those albums to listen to over and over. And just yeah. and also, thank God I had the lyric sheet because some of those lyrics I never knew what the hell they were saying. So I'm telling you, the lyric sheet makes all the difference in some <laughs> cases. So I'm good with this pick. I. You know, Nirvana was the soundtrack of the 90s, basically. I mean, this was such a huge album. Um, Literally three albums in their catalog. It's hard to believe that that band is so widely recognized as for their greatness and literally five or uh, three albums. So I can't argue this pick at all. Um, 
when I was thinking about it, though, what would Kurt Cobain be doing today? He would be 56 years old. Would he be cool like Dave Grohl and respected? Would he be a recluse and just completely off the radar? Or would he have sold out? You know, it's it. You don't know. Obviously, we don't know the answer, but it's interesting to speculate what would have happened to with Kurt Cobain had he survived. Yeah, yeah, very strange, very strange to wonder. Uh, and you know, there's so much surrounding his death and what happened yeah. and all that. Fu- Who did all, it? I almost said fun stuff, uh, kind of thing. But and, and I was, I went back and, and listened to Bleach and some of the earlier stuff, and never was a huge fan. This was the album that, yeah, that that I listened to all the time. Yeah, so. connected. So, all right, my number four B is Dream Police by Cheap Trick. This is my geographic pick because I have a special place in my heart for Cheap Trick being from Illinois. Um, they're from Rockford, which is not that far from Chicago. I, again, salute their longevity. They never slowed down. These guys have been on the road touring since like the early 70s to this day. Um, for me, Dream Police was a coin flip between this album and Heaven Tonight, both of their real breakthrough albums. Um, I went with Dream Police because I love the title track, so much energy in that. Voices is a fantastic ballad on this album. I Know What I Want, which is Tom Peterson singing lead, which is a rare song for them, um, and or rock, rare that Tom Peterson sings. Um, but my favorite song on this album is Gonna Raise Hell. Just a long, plodding rock song. Just fantastic. Um, love this album. Love everything about Every song on this is a classic for me. Fun fact is I've seen Cheap Trick Second most times of any band that I've ever seen. Probably about 20-ish times that I've seen Cheap Trick overall. Um, and this is only their fourth album. They've released 20 albums. They're still recording. It came out a year or two ago. Um, this was only their fourth. So this was one of their greatest albums early on in their career. So Dream Police, my number four, my friend. Yeah, big Cheap Trick fan. You know I am. Uh, my favorite album of theirs was uh, uh, Live at Budokan. Uh, and wanted to go to Japan to see concerts there just because that was before I was a, a wrestling fan, a Japanese wrestling fan. But I always thought that this would be, I saw them live in here in Jonesboro. Uh, just so good. So yeah. good live. Uh, and the girl I went with to the concert, she, she let, she was wearing jeans like they wear these days, them kids where the, the jeans are all ripped, you know, mm-hmm. and she was wearing jeans and she was really hot and she let me lick her leg. So there nice. we go. I got to lick her leg there when I went and seen Cheap Trick. And a shout out to Steve Crawford. Every time I think of Cheap Trick, I think of Steve Crawford because he's a huge fan also. Excellent. And he might have seen him as many times as you have. So Yeah. I mean, I just saw him literally about two, three months ago at the Metro. Just still fantastic, still energetic, just great, great performing, great touring band, great recording band on this album too. So, all right, number 3A for you is Back in Black. I kind of mentioned it before in terms of popularity. Back in Black by ACDC. Just when it comes to rock and roll in the heavy metal, that kind of boom, boom, boom. That's what I always think of it is. Uh, I love, I love this album. It was one of those albums also that I liked every song from mm-hmm. and, and it made me realize, Hey, you know, you can listen to the whole album. You don't have to listen to, uh, you don't have to listen to just the hit songs. Uh, this is, Probably everyone knows this, but this was the first album that had Brian Johnson on it as the lead singer after Bon Scott died. So I knew no history whatsoever about Bon Scott, but about Bon Scott. This album has sold over 50 million albums. Just yeah. freaking crazy. I love it all. Yeah. Uh, 
this was, like I said, one of the very first <laughs> albums that I loved every song on it and played them all. Uh, I like the song uh, Have a Drink on Me. I I love all the little funny parts of songs, Hell's Bells, everything that they do. Uh, but in something that ACDC people have said about ACDC, which is so true, is that almost every song sounds the same now. Uh, but my favorite song, uh, they have a sound. Let's just put it that way. But yeah. my favorite song on this is uh, You Shook Me All Night Long. Just always a rocking song that I can listen to anytime, any day, mm-hmm. uh, and get me in the mood. So, And I used to play one of their songs, Thunderstruck, before I worked out every day. So it was my, my pre-workout song. To get you going. To get so me going, yep. I, you, have, you stole all my tidbits that I had on this. So <laughs> I'll just say, yes, I have this album. I have it on vinyl. And yes, I like this album. I probably wouldn't have it anywhere near my top 10, but I got to respect the fact that it did sell over 50 million copies and just amazing. And you mentioned the the singing. I had that too. Um, it's very, it's fascinating to me that that's when they took off. When the new singer came in, that's when they took off in terms of their, you know, the the number of sales. Uh, they were already well known at that point. when Bob And they sound it. alike too. They're, they, I mean, they sound a lot yeah, alike. Similar. If you go back and listen to the old stuff, you're just like, huh? Yeah, that's another person. Similar song, similar singing style, just like yeah, Rick yeah. Kasich and Benjamin Orr. So, all right, that so 3B is Who's Next by The Who. I'm sure many people will have that as their number one album. There's definitely a contingent of people that will have that at number one. Roger Daltrey is my other Mount Rushmore pick. That's my third Mount Rushmore in terms of rock singers. And Wilson is my fourth. Didn't make the list as far as top albums. So I was lucky enough to see The Who. I saw them live in 1982 as the It's Hard Tour when they still had John Whistle. Already had lost Keith Moon by that point, but at least I got to see three out of the four. Uh, Who's Next was their fifth album, came out in 1971. Come on, Baba O'Reilly, Won't Get Fooled Again, which is my favorite song on the album. Behind Blue Eyes, Bargain, Going Mobile, every song is a hit. These are rock anthems. This album is an anthem. So my fun fact and on this one, the, 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 um, you know, the, the, album cover the the classic album cover of them pissing on the rock you know the big rock stonehenge type of rock them pissing on the rock was almost not the cover of the album originally they had two last candidates that just missed the cut keith moon in lingerie was at one point scheduled to be the album cover which would have been disgusting the other album cover that they were going to go with was a fat woman naked with their faces covering her naughty bits so that you wouldn't see the naked woman on the cover. But it was supposed to be a, an overweight woman on the cover with Keith Moon and Roger Daltrey, their heads covering her body. So who's next? Just an absolute masterpiece of a classic album at number three for me. And I see these, these guys go right back to, you know, they were on on rock radio that I listened right. to and never bought a Who album whatsoever. Never. They were way under my radar. No, no. I, I mean, you said three or four songs there, and maybe one of them I I can remember it in my mind. But probably if you played them all, yeah, I would I know. probably know the lyrics and the words. But but you know, just it was just part of the radio there. You yeah. said uh, we got up coming up with the, the last two picks. You said the two. This was the only one I left out. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, left and off. I let this out. It, it was me, little fat out of hell. Yeah, and you had sent uh, your honorables of this. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert: this is on your <laughs> honorables, and I forgot, just completely forgot this. Um, this was 
and you know we're both big Beatloaf fans. Yeah. Uh, and this was this sound is totally different than anything I had I had ever listened to yeah. at the time, and, and it was the reason why I picked it. Uh, and, and the songwriter has so many Stymon has so many different other songs from other artists like Cher. That's kind of my fun fact with it. Uh, and he's just so talented. Uh, and we, uh, you know, after this, there is Meat Love kind of loses his voice. Uh, mm-hmm. Then he comes back. I don't know if it's because they can work stuff. Uh, they can work stuff out in the studio a little bit better. But I don't, there's no, this was one of those albums that, that he just could not recapture the magic that was yeah. on this album. Yes. Uh, and, and like I said, because I felt like it was something I'd never heard paradise by the dashboard light, uh, with the radio, you know, the radio playing, uh, and them having sex and him saying he he'll be with this girl forever. She'll just have sex with him. And then he's praying for the end of time. Uh, I, I did this with a shout out to Wendy. I can't, I can't even remember her last name, but we did this song together on a coffee table mm-hmm. in college. And I might have been intoxicated. I just want you to know that. No. Uh, yes. And this is so funny, but when I was in high school, me and my buddy, Ronnie Forbus actually wrote a story, a story based on this album. And every song had something to do with the story. We gave it to this girl to type up, and she never gave it back to us. She lost it. I can't even remember oh. what her her last name was Holder. So if your last name's Holder and you have my, you have my meatloaf bat out of hell story, then please, please. We had some really corny shit on it. The end of the story was we had a GI Joe falling on a Hot Wheels, and they had to, <laughs> they had killed all the people that was in our little movie, our little story, and uh, that's when we played the song Heaven Can Wait. So there you go. Just, <laughs> and my and- favorite song is. Uh, uh, Heaven Can Wait is one of my favorite songs, kind of under the radar. And Paradise by the Dashboard Light yeah. was my favorite one there. So this was a late cut for me. I mean, it was it just missed it. Um, it's a rock classic for sure. Meatloaf, magnificent theatrical voice, theatrical music. I think that's oh, kind of so implying. different. Yeah, the yeah. writing of Jim Steinman just matched so perfectly <sighs> with his voice and that presentation. Um. 43 million albums sold to this day. I Is that all? On the charts. Yeah, only 43 million. <laughs> it was my number 11, so it just made the cut. The only reason it didn't make my top 10 is because, like I said, I ranked my favorite artist of all time, and he wasn't in my top 10. So, But it definitely as a respect of that achievement and that accomplishment of what that album is, it's got to be up there. So, yeah, it's in my honorables. Um, I'm glad I had it in there, and so you rocketed it all the way up to your number two pick. Um in your amended list. As so. soon as I saw it, I was just like, how did I forget yeah. that? And it was one of those that had all the lyrics too on it. And yeah. the back, the back cover was different. And, and, and you wondered when you first got the album, who the hell is that? So yeah. and I think cover. It's, partially it's, it's what you said too. He went down quite a bit after this, then he came up a little bit, then down again. His career was so inconsistent with the ups and downs. He did like a dozen albums but nothing got the attention that this got, and he was never. You able reviewed. To you reviewed one yeah. on the record store. Yeah. Which what was it? And it um, was good. It was still was good. Yeah, paradise or it was the down and out by the five and dime or something like that. That was a really good album. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, but was, I think definitely there was some good stuff after this. Yeah, but yeah. Nothing recaptured this. this nothing. Magical, nothing. Right, right time, right, right place. 
So, all right. So that was your two. So my two is my most recent pick. It was 2014. It's Hypnotic Eye. This is definitely going to be one of the under-the-radar picks for us. So Hypnotic Eye is my favorite album by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Um, Tom is my rock and roll hero. It's no secret. Um, Fleetwood Mac is my favorite band. But if I have to pick a single artist that affected me more than anybody else ever in rock, it's Tom Petty. Um, picking a favorite album of his was a challenge, obviously. Damn the Torpedoes, Hard Promises, Long After Dark. They all had hits, but there was something about Hypnotic Eye that just resonated with me. It was a great album from start to finish. It followed Mojo, which was kind of a meh for me. It was my least favorite Tom Petty album ever. And it followed that. So it represented like an amazing comeback to me personally, because I wasn't a fan of Mojo. Hypnotic Eye came out a couple years later and it was just fantastic. And the story it tells is the fact that it's the last album by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So it becomes like so much more than just the album itself because of that too. Debuted at number one on the charts. It was his only album that ever hit number one. It debuted at number one altogether. Um, every song is about a four minute run, just perfect, perfect song lengths. Everything about it is just so good. If you like Tom Petty and you love his catalog and you don't know this and you're one of those people that's like, oh, I prefer the old stuff. You're doing yourself a disservice by not checking out Hypnotic Eye. It's just a fantastic album. Right there, his best overall, in my opinion, is this album. Uh, best song on here is the lead track. It's called American Dream Plan B. Um, and it's just, again, it's just what this album represents and the fact that it was his last one before he passed away. Um, and just the fact that he still had it at in 2014. The guy still had it. So Hypnotic Eye is my number two, my friend. I I was surprised after you told me what the way you did it a few the way you actually came up with your list that you would pick this one instead of and my favorite. And for some reason, I think this should be everybody's favorite is full moon fever. <laughs> I love that album. I listened to it a lot. It didn't make my top, but, but I was a huge Tom Petty fan, mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, free falling. I won't back down. Uh, that first, if you go by just sides, the first side is just, so good yeah. uh and also a fan of a lot lot of his music uh just tom petty was unbelievable and i think I'll, I'll save something for patreon about tom petty uh but love the song love you know running down the dream i i mean i've never listened to the brand new album so that'd be something for me to go out yeah. of my way to listen to this i one, will so. give you a minor technicality here um full moon fever was tom petty not tom petty and the heartbreakers ah, I, stand still. just as good just as good don't get me wrong i love that album too um but it wasn't the heart what was the name of the band that he made with all the um, mud crutch he did Mud Crutch. Oh, and Traveling Wilburys. Yeah, I love the Traveling yeah. See, I loved all that. So Mud that Crutch so was his first band before the Heartbreakers, and then they did, as a gimmick, they brought it back, and they did a couple songs. Yeah, couple I, know, I never listened to that Mud one either. But yeah, so, Traveling yeah. Wilburys, obviously classic. You got so much talent there, except for Bob Dylan. All right, so <laughs> we're up to number one. Great our, songwriter. Our top picks. Our top picks. So you're going to go first. So your 1A is Appetite for Destruction. Guns Man, this is a record store X Extra, extra large, by the way, just to let right. you know. Uh, this album, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, released six years after uh, Nevermind. And I think the reason it kind of took me away from the grunge. This was a rock and roll album. This mm -hmm. was from start to finish. You could, I just listened to it over and over. And there was a guy in my hometown 
that turned me on to it. He probably don't even know it, but his name was, um, it's the same name as one of my other friends, but his name was Philip White. And he was listening to this album. He was, he's a bigger guy. He was driving a little car. I, I can't even, I want to say it was red, but all I could see is him pull his hand out and saying, how about them guns real loud? And, and, and me not knowing who he was talking about and then going and listening to appetite for destruction. This was my favorite guns. And I, although I listened to other guns albums, I felt like this was it. This was their, their masterpiece and the albums in the top five, you know, is this one better than bad out of hills? This better. Eh, maybe, but you know, every day I could listen to this, this, this is my favorite album. Uh, one thing, uh, fun fact is the original. And you probably know this. The cover art was a painting of a robot. Uh, and it was a robot rapist, uh, about, it was punishing somebody. It was a metal Avenger and there was, uh, it was just vulgar. And they actually had that cover for sale you could get it uh, a special edition in one of those magazines I always bought, but I never bought it. I hated it. I wish I would have. Uh, they took it off and then put the album cover that they have now. Uh, picked it because, I, like I said, it's uh, they were the bad boys. They were rock and roll. Start. I think the first time I listened to it from the start to the finish, I was listen- that's the way I listened to it. Uh, lots of great hits on this, uh, but my favorite song, kind of a – what they call these deep cuts? Is that what the cool kids call it? Is Rocket Queen? I okay. love Rocket Queen. It's the last song on the album. Uh, I like every song on it, but for some reason, I love Rocket Queen. So it's Very a cool. it's a rock ath- anthem. It's longer yeah. than a usual song, and, and 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 you can just get into it. So, so I say, Appetite, obviously a hard rock classic. Um, there's a great rock. There's a great Guns and Roses story in all the right notes too. So you should check that out on Amazon.com. Uh, Guns N' Roses came out of nowhere. They were just different when they came out in 1987. They were epic. They weren't like any other band. And everything that they released was an epic production. Everything was larger than life with Guns N' Roses. From the very beginning to this day, from the very beginning till now, everything was just bigger and more important when they did something than any other band. Um, Here's another one. Only six albums. If you add up their catalog, it's literally six albums. So five were before 1993 altogether. Chinese Democracy was in 2008, and yet they still continue. I love Guns N' Roses. I've seen them a couple times now at Wrigley Field. Uh, Just an epic experience every time you see them to this day. I think that it's one of those bands, you know, talking about the replacement players again. Um, as long as it's Axel and Slash and probably Duff to a lesser extent, they plow on and they are Guns N' Roses. Um, but yeah, fantastic pick. Love Appetite for Destruction. It's in my honorables. So it is there. You didn't forget that one. So that's a good thing. No, no, so, not at all. All right. So spoiler alert. My favorite band is Fleetwood Mac. I couldn't do number one and have it not be Rumors. Um, they've been my favorite band since 1976. Of course, it started with the crush on Stevie Nicks. But then obviously it got to be way more to it than that. You know, if you're 16 and Stevie Nicks is still a heartthrob, you know, you get a crush on her. So you give the music a chance. So um, like, again, like Guns N' Roses, larger than life. Everything that Fleetwood Mac did was like bigger, you know, bigger than the average band's releases. Um, Rumors is on any list of any greatest ever. 40 million albums sold. Um, Equal parts, the the writing and singing of Stevie uh, Lindsey Buckingham and Christine McVie, three completely different elements on this band. 
hypnotic rock, you know, mysterious chick, the, the quirky guitarist that got more and more eccentric as the years went on, and then the soulful voice of Christine McVie. It just three completely different elements is what made this band for me. Um, the story of their breakup is this album. The story of them having their romances and their marriages and their relationships, that drama became this album. So again, to make a wrestling analogy, we always say that a great angle is somewhat based in reality. And that's exactly what this album is, is it's all based in reality. These are breakup songs, you know, animosity, friendship, hatred. That's what this album is. That's what Rumors is all about. And that's why it works so well. Um, favorite song on it, I'll go with The Chain today as my pick. It could be Goldust Woman if you ask me tomorrow, but it's The Chain. Uh, and my fun fact about Rumors, again, there's probably not much that people don't know, but The Chain itself is the only song that all five members of Fleetwood Mac co-wrote. It's the only song that they all shared writing credit for is um, The Chain. So yeah, my number one... I could have gone with Tusk. It would be under the radar for some people. I could have gone with an album called Say You Will that came out uh, more recently, still not very recent, but more recently. Say You Will was a fantastic album, but did not have Christine McVie on it. So I had to go with the classic lineup. So it's got to be Rumors at number one. It, uh, you know, it was one of my mom's favorite albums of all time. She's a huge, uh, a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Uh, I always found it really wasn't that long. The album total time was under an hour. I can't remember the total time, but I always remember I could listen to this in a quick period of time. I don't know why I remember that. Uh, Go Your Own Way is probably my favorite song and maybe Dreams uh, on this album, but it is from top to bottom. And like you said, it's it's got almost every song's a different sound mm -hmm. uh, because you got different people writing it and just – it's like these people belong together in, in writing songs and still yeah. sound so good when you, when you hear them. So, yeah. Yeah. So that is it. That is our top 10 uh, for each of us. So our top 20, I guess, per se, thank you, Brian Trammell for guest hosting, uh, guesting on uh, this episode of the record store, this 51st edition of the record store. Stay tuned. We're going to be doing on Patreon. We're going to be doing our honorable mentions. We have a handful of them that just missed the cut for us. So, as I like to say, I have fun everywhere I go, and I'm especially thankful for Brian coming on and also doing this um, doing this record store podcast with me. So I appreciate it very much. Um, and as everyone knows, I love my mama. That's right. We'll talk to you soon on the next episode of the record store in November. No, in December. In December. Next, and it is a Christmas episode. We, oh, there I got to do that so again. Christmas again. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Record Store Nation, for joining us for another fun-filled episode of The Record Store. You can support us if you so desire. Please support us. I have this terrible 7-Eleven hot dog habit that I have to support. Cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. Or you can support us on Patreon. It's $3 a month. Uh, www.patreon.com slash shooting the shiznit. And remember, there's no G in shooting. It's just shooting the shiznit. Uh, you can support us there. It's three bucks a month. You get uncut episodes. You get early episodes. You get uh, you find out what my favorite song of the album is on each episode of the record store. What if I grab an album that I end up from my own collection? What if I grab an album that I end up hating this year and I can't find a song that I love? So there's got to be one, right? So you'll find out that you get that when you're a Patreon. You find you get the song uncut after the episode. 
uh, all kinds of contests that we do and prizes that we can give away and like I said the early releases of the albums and so on you can find me on Twitter it's at ChocolatierLL yes it's a parody because I used to work for Godiva and they called us Chocolatiers so that's the explanation there C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-I-E-R-L-L that is me on Twitter for all kinds of sundry bizarre stuff uh, you can find my book on Amazon. It's called All the Right Notes. It's my odyssey throughout rock and roll throughout my entire life. Uh, look up All the Right Notes on Amazon by Lance Levine. You can also find it in the Chicago market at Rolling Stone Records. You can find me on Facebook, Lance Levine, L-E, capital V-I-N-E, because you know I'm classy like that. Got to have a capital V in there. Uh, you can go to sdspod.club for the archives if you want to find our episodes about Hearts or Cheap Trick or Tom Petty or Lindsey Buckingham or Stevie Nicks or any of the other artists that we've done throughout 2021. It's been a great year uh, with much more to come. So if you want to check out some other podcasts that I'm a fan of, uh, if you want to stick with music, I'm a big fan of Playlist Wars. Uh, my guys, Brian and Gomez, doing Playlist Wars where they have they debate better playlist from each got each other uh mixology from the mysterious steven haven't had an episode in a while but hopefully they're coming back soon uh documenting the career of stevie Nicks, so you know i'm a big fan of that and if you want junk food related stuff it is my guys jay and rick at the i'm fat podcast okay? always a good time listening to those guys talk about junk food and restaurants and so on so thank you again record store nation stick with us we're gonna have tons of stuff coming out and remember Nights are forever without you.